This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I am Billy Mully, and as always, Stephen Day is joining me over on Zoom. How are you doing, Stephen? Not too bad, just had a long day at work, but yeah, I'm all good. Good to hear, and for our listeners, it's not just me and Stephen tonight, which I'm sure you're glad to hear. We are also joined by Ryan Dilks, host of the Second Tier podcast, Ryan, how are you doing? And thank you very much for joining us tonight. No problem, chaps. I am absolutely smashing. Thank you for asking. Brilliant. Well, today we are going to look ahead to the rest of this summer and to next season, discussing the three polls that I put out quite late, but hopefully they have been answered by quite a lot of you. And I will end it by asking Stephen and Ryan questions about this season, both from a Luton perspective and a championship perspective as well. So, Stephen, I will start with asking you this. Both Nathan Jones and Gary Sweet have both mentioned that it's going to be a big summer for us, not in terms of spending money, but for rebuilding our squad. There's a lot of contracts still to be sorted out. So, with a few more expected additions, can we expect a slower start to things next season? Um, I don't think so. I think I think we're on course, I'd say, to probably hit the ground running. So we, we went into the end of the season with quite a bit of momentum. And I think that's going to carry on in our form when we start again next season. And Ryan, because sort of Luton was a bit more of a success story this season, I know that from listening to your most recent podcast, you gave Luton an A minus, which was, which we I think we were all quite happy for. But did Luton benefit this year from a poorer championship? Do you think? Um, I wouldn't say so. I, I compared to Justin, my co-host, he has been saying that it is a poorer championship than usual. But I don't think that is the case. I think what we've seen this season is. 
it has been impacted by a lack of fans being in grounds. But I wouldn't say in terms of the quality of players that it's necessarily a weaker championship. Of course, the three teams who came down were very strong, helped by the fact that they didn't have to sell. They pretty much had Premier League squads. Um, But having said that, we still had some very good teams. It was just most of them lacked consistency. I mean, I look at Cardiff as an example. They have a very, very good championship squad, one that should be in the top six and weren't really in contention for the top six all season. Um, So I I don't think it's necessarily been a weaker championship. I think you guys are doing yourselves a disservice. I think Luton have had a fantastic season. Yeah, well, that's what we've been telling ourselves. And I think the, the biggest part of that is, as you say, it was a season where we needed to progress. We didn't want another relegation battle and to the majority of us we sort of surpassed all expectations and Stephen I checked the sky sky bet odds yesterday and as always we are tipped to get relegated only Blackpool and Peterborough higher odds to win the league next year so do we find that unfair after how good we've been talking about this season I think it is very unfair because I think they're probably not really looking too deep into it. But at the same time, we have just lost, I'd say lost, but James Collins is gone. And as I was saying in another pod that he, you know, if you've got a goal, a goal scorer that scores at least 10 goals a season in the championship, you're almost guaranteed to stay up and losing someone like that. That's probably what they're looking at. And a few other losses in the squad as well, I guess. They're probably thinking at this moment, before we've made all the signings, that they think we are, you know, one of the favourites to go down when in reality, I think most fans know better. And do you see this as an opportunity for us to prove people wrong again? Is this another opportunity to just say we are Luton Town and this is what we can do? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, there's not... I mean, in my opinion, there's not a lot to prove wrong. We've finished 12th in the championship this season. There's the only people that would be proven wrong is people saying that we couldn't make playoffs if we were, if we were to make the playoffs. Um, but I think we're at our, you know, standard now. Middle, mid-table in the championship is the standard. And I think there are, you know, people that seem to belittle Luton and seem to think that we are favourites go down but I don't think it's a matter of actually proving people wrong I think it's just like a matter of making sure we're staying at the same level as what we are this season that's just gone because it seems that we're in a position where we've got the manager we're building a squad to the best of our ability using the free market and navigating that very well we've got power court around the corner and it seems that again there's going to be a lot of championship clubs that have bigger problems in Luton. So in that respect, I think we can say that, yeah, we should should be tipped to stay up quite comfortably. But as, as you know, who would have thought that Derby would have been down there at the start of the season? And you just never know in the championship. And I guess that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And Ryan, with... The signings Luton have made already, we've signed Fred Onyedimma from Wickham and Reese Burke from 
Hull City. Are they two signings that you could see taking Luton to a higher level? Um, yes and no. I'd say Burke looks a tidy signing. He looks like a direct replacement for Matty Pearson. Um, and he's younger, had a fantastic season with Hull in the champ in League One last season. So that seems like a very sensible bit of business from a Luton perspective. On your Denmark, I'm not too impressed by yet. I'm ready to be proven wrong. When he was at Wickham last season, he didn't really pull up too many trees at all. Um, even though Wickham had a good season by their standards. That's very patronising, but um, I think that they'll understand what I mean. He wasn't one of those players who really stood out too much from that Wickham side. So I don't think it's a bad signing. He's still quite young. There's potential for him to really develop as a player. Um, but I'm still yet to really see him do it at championship level. So I think the two signings are not necessarily bad ones. Burke, I'm all right. I can get behind that. Uh, Anya Dimmer, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I do agree with Anya Dimmer because, as you say, I don't think he lit up the championship as us Luton fans would like to have seen. But I no. think it's a signing where we have been looking at him since January and for me, it's something that the recruitment team have been planning for a long time. Therefore, I don't think we would have gone back on our words. And I don't think this season has directly impacted our interest on him. Hmm. And he's been linked with other championship clubs in the past as well. Um, it's just, he's one of those players who seem to get linked with other championship clubs all the time, even though he hasn't actually done that much on the pitch. Um, so he's clearly highly rated by you know, other top, other sides, other managers, other scouts. It's just he's yet to actually prove what all the hype is about. I say hype. It, there's not that much hype, but you know what I mean. There, there's a lot of uh, interest in him from other clubs. It's just that he's actually got to prove that he is a player who's capable of, of keeping his head at this level. Yeah, exactly that. And Stephen, going on to what was our retained list, because we uploaded our last episode and within half an hour the retain list came out which was not the best time typical. but yeah typical typical and headlining that was the fact that Loire Loire and Moncur were moving on and was that was that surprising to you would you have liked to have kept at least one of them I think both of them I've said this before, Monker is one of those players that you can put into almost any game and if he's on his day, he'll make an impact. And like, he did score some very important goals and we're going to miss those goals. And with Loire Loire, that goal against Wickham, that was an important goal as well. He he does pop up when it's needed, but I think his, his standard of playing has sort of dropped since being in the Championship. When he was in League One, you almost knew every time he came on the pitch, he was going to make a difference. And in the championship, it's not been so much this season. Last season, a little bit more. But um, I think I was more surprised about Moncur going, more about the fact about how much he loves the club. Because in other interviews, he talked about how much he loves the club. And it's it's a wonder that he couldn't, maybe if he wanted to, you know, maybe if he wanted to stay, like couldn't convince, you know, Jones that he was worth keeping on. And because it was announced today, wasn't it, that he's now joined Hull City and Ryan, do you think that's a good move for him 
from what you've seen of Moncur, do you believe he's still a championship player? Yet to be sold on that idea. He's not really ever done anything at championship level, has he? Obviously, he was at Barnsley before as well. And yeah, hasn't pulled up too many trees, which was why I was a bit surprised that he has gone to Hull. I would imagine he's just going to be kind of a squad player there. Um, I can't see him playing regularly because, as we say, he's not really ever done anything at championship level yet. He's still, what, 24, 25? So there's still... Seven, I think he's now. 27? Well, he's older than I thought he was. <laughs> you, um, it creeps up on you how, how old he actually has always thought that he was a younger player. But yeah, I saw, mm. pretty sure I saw 27 today. Christ. Well, I mean, okay, I then. would, I would reject. Sorry, I, I would reject that he's never done anything at championship level. The last two seasons, he's actually scored like. I, I'm, obviously, you probably know this, but I think he's scored like a lot of important goals, like goals against Wigan, goals against. I mean, a good one against Reading. Uh, scored a worldie against Norwich when we beat them three one at home. So I wouldn't say he's never done anything, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that he's exactly championship quality either. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what I'm. I think that's what I mean. Really, he's, he, of course, he scored important goals. I mean, you struggle to find many midfielders who have played what six seasons or four seasons in the championship and haven't scored goals at some point in their career. It's just he's not done it on a regular basis, um, and that's where I'm coming from, really, with that. But as I say, I, I, have, I was expecting him to drop down to League One. Really, I thought it'd have been a fantastic signing in League One. Um, but here he is at Hall now, and best of luck to him. Yeah, yeah. It seems that he does have a lot to prove in the fact that he didn't get much starting time at Luton. He did at certain points, but I think it's another chance to go and prove himself at this level. And whether he gets an opportunity past this to play championship football again, we don't know. But at the same time, I think, as Stephen says, he scored a few important goals he's definitely got the ability but we need to factor in you're not really going to get a full 90 out of him are you and Ryan what do you think success will look like for Luton next season is it too much to ask for another top half finish or do you see this as being more of a transitional season as as I said before it looks like we're going to have a completely different squad I don't think the squad is going to be too dissimilar. Of course, every squad's going to lose players, including important ones, of course, with the likes of Collins and Pearson both going um, and the free agents who have been released now, as you mentioned. Um, but as long as they get replaced, then I don't think it's going to be um, a season of transition at all, really. I think, as I say, Burke is a direct replacement for Pearson. And then I think Adebayo is more than capable of scoring 10 goals in a season. He's someone who's really impressed me since coming in in January. Um, it, it was interesting what you guys were talking about earlier with the bookies' odds. I do think that is purely down to stature and the financial backing of Luton compared to other championship sides. Um, we have just lost three very average teams who have been relegated from the championship and they've been replaced by three teams who look fairly good. So it's going to be a very competitive championship next season, but I don't see any reason why Luton can't have 
another season that they've just had. Um, it'll be fa- it'll be an unbelievable achievement if they were to do it again. It'll be even more impressive if they go even further and maybe challenge for the playoffs next season. But um, I'd say a mid-table finish would be a very, very solid season for Luton again. Yeah, definitely. And because of how much of an achievement it is this year, I know to people from the outside looking in, really, it doesn't seem too much Luton finishing 12th. But when you think of the budget, when you think of we were a non-league side just eight years ago, it's a really impressive achievement that I know we keep banging on about it, but it's something to be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever a side comes up from League One, let alone uh, the National League, um, and they've got the financial backing that Luton have, it's an impressive achievement for them to finish in the top half, considering the amount of money that's being splashed around in the championship. I mean, Stoke, for example, Nathan Jones <laughs> will be very keen for me to point that out. They're, they've spent shed loads of money on not very good players, um, and they're still paying a lot on wages now for them to finish 14th in the championship and below Luton and table. So it's just, when, when you compare it in the financial side of things, it's just an, a sensational achievement for Luton to finish where they have done in the championship this season. And for them to keep fitting in with those teams is just remarkable about how the club's being run. Yeah, definitely. And I think, Stephen, the best part of it from being a Luton fan is that We've been to Dartford away. We've been to Hyde United away. We've seen these games in the conference, which obviously were some completely different times. Yeah, it is brilliant. And like as you said, we, we keep banging on about it. And it might, might get annoying to a lot of people how we bang on about it all the time. But if you think about it, what other stories are there like it? If, if Wickham had done it, like stayed up the season and become an established championship club, they could have like the sim a similar sort of uh, way of talking about it because they've come from nearly dropping down to the conference to being a championship squad. And I think obviously with us banging on about it and all that, it's it is annoying, but it's it really is an amazing achievement. And like it, it's why we're all so happy finishing mid table in the championship. Like. I don't think a lot of a lot of teams in the championship bar the ones that are expected to finish 18th and downwards would be that happy with a mid-table finish. But here we are ecstatic with it. Exactly, yeah. And we'll move on to the three polls of the week. I, I mentioned before that I did post them, publish them, sorry, today, which is not the best idea because I needed the results for now. But we'll crack on with it. But the first one was, will Joe Morrell be wearing the colours of Luton Town come August the 14th? Stephen, I asked you this first because there has been a lot of rumours about him wanting to depart and he has been playing very well in a Welsh shirt when required. And obviously it's helped by a recent interview that he'd done, which didn't sound too good on Luton's behalf. So what did you make of that? Do you think we'll be seeing... Joe Morrell and the Luton shirt come August the 14th? I want to, but I don't think we will. I think he's probably on his way. I don't know whether we're going to get a fee for him or a reduced fee. I, don't, I can't actually remember how much we paid for him, but um, it's it's. I'm, I'm really upset by it, to be honest, because 
he looked to be a really good player. And there's a few times where he came on near like the start of the season. And he just sort of like click into place and just just change the game. Like I remember him. I think it, maybe it was again. Maybe it was for Wales. Maybe it was for us. Like he comes on in a game where it's boring and all that, and he just takes a shot from 40 yards and it hits the bar or hits the post, and suddenly the game's changed and there's momentum on your side. And I think he's got that ability, but. I'd love to know what's gone wrong because I don't know if it's an attitude problem or just a falling out with Nathan Jones. But it's if if it was an attitude problem, I'd struggle to believe that he's been allowed to be a negative influence in the in the squad with Mick Harford there because you hear all these stories about how much Nick Har- Mick Harford changes, changes like speaks to people and and helps people like. When, play, when players sign for us, they say Mick Harford was the reason. So it's, I do struggle to believe that it's a a, a uh, attitude problem, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Exactly. Mm. And just if I could just jump in there, we actually had Joe Morrell down as one player to watch in the whole of the championship at the start of the season because we were thinking, well, they've managed to get this Wales international fairly young had a fantastic season with Lincoln in League One last season. Looks to be a fantastic bit of business. So we're as surprised as you guys that it's just ended up with him only playing a handful of games this season, barely featuring. So I'm glad that you guys are in the dark as much as we are about what's actually gone wrong this season. But I think he will move on. Um, From what you guys are saying, it sounds like he's not too happy about being at Kenilworth Road. Must be some sort of fallout I can imagine I, I can't think of any other reason why because he, he's clearly a talented enough player to be playing in the championship so it seems like him heading out the heading out the door makes sense for all parties on this occasion doesn't it yeah yeah and in my head he came in at the same time as Jewsbury Paul came in and obviously we all know how brilliant of a season he had and probably unexpected in some ways I don't think many Luton fans, maybe not even Nathan Jones expected Dewsbury Hall to blossom in the way that he did. And I don't know if that's just hindered Morel's progress enough to make sure that he barely even gets a start. Possibly. Um, I mean, Dewsbury Hall, when he was brought in by Luton, I don't think anyone really knew too much about him and he's ended up being one of the best centre midfielders in the whole of the championship this season. Having said that, you've still got Mpanzu on the other side of the midfield who could have maybe been, maybe have made way for Morel, but who knows? Yeah. Well, I think Nathan Jones said that he saw Morel as more of a holding midfielder, which is where Glenn Ray, Martin Craney, and sometimes other players would play. And that's not where any Luton players, like any Luton fan, really saw him because, as you said, like we, I think anyone would say that he could probably slot in for Pelly, uh, Pelly Roman Panzu, um, or even like Barry on the occasion, or or for anyone else that's in the midfield. Like he could have come in either as a sub or anyone for anyone, and um, and played. So there's got to have been some fallout because for Nathan Jones to say that he's only a holding midfielder when every game that he played holding midfield, we I think we played horribly. Uh, it was weird that he wasn't tried out somewhere else. Yeah, and I guess with that as well, I think that personally, this is where I think the turning point was in terms of Morel's 
dissatisfaction was when Tony Cliff came in and played a lot of, lot of games. And Morel is a very talented player who's probably been promised first-team football at Luton. That's probably why he made the decision to join us because of that fact. And you're getting a player, a fringe player like Tony Cliff, who's come back and sort of revitalised his Luton career. And I don't really think that he'll sort of progress from that. I don't think he can get past this hurdle. And we'll go on to the next part, which is going to be the five questions that I have set up for both Ryan and Stephen. And Ryan, as, you're, as you are today's guest, I'll let you choose between questions A or questions B. I'll go A. Why not? Okay. Okay. So the first question for you, Ryan, is... Only two teams outside of the top six conceded fewer goals than Luton this season. Name them. Two teams outside the top six. Okay. Um, that is a good question. That is a really good question. I'll go Cardiff. That is and correct. That is one. That is one, yeah. And I'll probably go Reading, but I'm not sure. It wasn't Reading. It was the second one. I'll give the. I'll let Stephen have a quick guess if he can get the other one, but it's quite a surprising one to me. Is it bottom half of the table? Yes. Forest. Can I can I have a, can I have another guess? Is yeah. it Forest? It was Forest. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to know why I guessed that? It's because I was listening to the second tier pod on my drive back <laughs> from work. And they were, and you were talking about how how good, well, not how good, but um, how surprisingly good, like Forest's defense was this season. Well, my next guess was going to be Derby, who are also very good defensively, but just absolutely abysmal going forward. So uh, yeah. I was in the right right part of the country, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, using your second tier knowledge there, uh, Steve, and that's. <laughs> Very good, very good. But yeah, we'll move on to Stephen's first question. And it is, in the four games against the eventual top two, how many points did Luton pick up? In the four games against the top two? Yes. Six. Very quick. Two wins, two losses. Yep, very good, very good. Two, win, two wins at home, two losses away. Story of our lives. <laughs> and then which championship team who finished in the bottom half ended the season with a four game winning streak and that one is for you Ryan in the bottom half yeah they finished in the bottom half and they ended it with a four game winning streak was it Coventry I think Coventry did have a good end but it wasn't wasn't Coventry it was Preston. Of course it was. They had a, yeah, I forgot who it was that came in. Who? Frankie McAvoy, caretaker. Was, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and he came in and done a storm. He got the job, didn't he? He's got the permanent job. Yeah, he's got the job now. He, um, I think he actually won six, no, five of his last six games since coming in. So he, he's done unbelievable. Whether it continues, I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, fair play to him. 
Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, definitely. And Stephen, did Luton finish closer to the relegation zone or the playoffs? And we're going for points-wise. I'm going to say relegation zone. I reckon it was probably like a two-point difference between the two bits. There was yeah, a I'm going to say relegation three-point difference, but it was actually real closer to the playoffs. Ah. Yeah, we were 16 points away from Bournemouth, who finished sixth, uh, sixth, yeah, sixth, didn't they? And then it was Wickham, who eventually finished in 22nd, because they jumped up on the last day, and that was a 19-point swing from them. Those three teams who went down were really crap, though. So maybe that explains it. Yeah, yeah. It was um, a very, very... No no one really wanted to stay up at that point. I think didn't Derby win one in eight and Rotherham lost five in a row, even though they were playing quite well at the time. It just seemed that nobody actually wanted to stay up. No, no, they were all awful. <laughs> and the next question for you, Ryan, is who finished the championship campaign with the most draws? That surely will be Millwall. You're correct. Yes, I think every year yeah. they're there or thereabouts with the most draws. Yeah, they ended up with 17 draws. Yeah, they were they're on course to break the draw record for about a third of the two thirds of the way through the season, and then they didn't draw again for like the final third, which was very disappointing. So we kept going on about it all the time. Good <laughs> challenge them. Brentford went on a five-game draw, oh, yeah. didn't they? And they were very close. They're to trying the hardest. Yeah, yeah. That was when Brentford were trying their hardest not to actually get promoted. But I think, <laughs> thankfully, they did because they always give us a good beating. And then, Stephen, who won the Championship's Golden Glove Award? Golden Glove? Oh, I don't think I'd be able to name a keeper because I'm not the best with the names of keepers in the championship. But Golden Glove. I mean, I, I really don't know. I'm I'm stumped. Like, I'm gonna say maybe um, I was gonna say Watford keeper, but I think for um, what's his name was in and out of the team all season. So Foster, that's it. Yeah. yeah, Foster started the campaign and in, got injured and Daniel Backman, I think, came in and finished yeah. the season. Yeah. I, I really don't know. It wasn't, well, yeah, it wasn't him. Ryan, do you do you have a clue? Yeah, it was Freddie Woodman at Swansea, wasn't it? It was, yeah, with 20. Oh. Very well, they did. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They... I'm, I'm, not sure if Wat, I'm not sure if the Watford goalkeeper would have won it had they been in obviously throughout the whole season, but uh, Watford finished the season with the best defensive record ever in a championship season. You you guys won't thank me for reminding you of that, but there you go. Yeah, we'll edit well, it, I mean, don't worry. Yeah, I don't like it, but that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I remember them having a good, a very good defensive record, which is unfortunate. So, yeah, that's why I said Watford keeper. Yeah, that's good logic, to be fair, because yeah, they did finish... Uh, conceding the fewest goals as well so I think that is a good guess but yeah we'll move on to Ryan's fourth question which is 
how long was Brentford's unbeaten run that started in late October? How many games? Yeah, yeah. 23? Very close. 21 it was. I knew yeah, it was in the was 20s. Say, I would have said 21 if you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they went on that run and then lost two or three and then they went on another sort of 11 game unbeaten run I think near to yeah, the join a, join a lot of games uh, yeah and that's where the five draws came in and Stephen your fourth question is well this one is quite interesting if you like this kind of stuff or really boring if not but I think well actually reading it back now I'm going to go with really boring but did Luton average higher or lower than 50% possession during the 2020-21 season lower yes just about it was 49.6% which I was quite surprised with because of how much we dominated midfield the, the midfield in the majority but of the games we played I'm thinking about all those one nil away wins where we weren't obviously the best team but we just well, obviously, best team wins the game, but obviously, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was thinking we didn't have a lot of possession in those games, so, yeah. And who would you have gone for with the highest, Ryan? Who do you think would have had the highest possession figures in the Championship this season? Oh, surely it's got to be Norwich, hasn't it? It was Norwich, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too much of a uh, trick question, that one. No, they they just spam possession they the number of times you saw ben gibson pass it to grant handley was just ridiculous they <laughs> they are very possession heavy yes yeah and sort of the ball players they did have oh, i have to say did have now after buendia heading towards aston villa they were a team full of players that were just too good for this division absolutely Okay, Ryan, the final question for you is, is the following statement true or false? Excluding the playoffs, Ivan Tony and Brian and Burmo scored more league goals than Luton Town during the 2020-21 campaign. That is a stinker of a question. Is that including the playoffs, did you say? Excluding. So Excluding the playoffs. Yeah. So Tony got 31 and Boomer didn't score many. Um, so I would guess that Luton scored more. Yes, yes, you are right. Yeah, Luton scored 41, and Tony and Burmo scored 39 combined. So it was very close, and I don't think I want it to ever be that close again. I scored 41 <laughs> goals in the season is not the best thing, but 12 position is what I've got to keep thinking about. And Stephen, your final question is, Wickham 
got off to a disastrous start, but how many successive losses did they start the season with? This is why listening to uh, the second tier pod is good. <laughs> I think it was six or seven in the end. I'm going to have to press you one. I'm going to have to press you for either six or seven. Six. Seven. Seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was always going to be the other one. Oh, uh, well. I mean, I don't really care. It's Wickham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're no longer uh, championship. They're no, no longer second tier uh, coverage. So um, I don't even know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to be liked well with the uh, Luton listeners. Yeah, you've said all the right things. <laughs> so I wick them a dead to me now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just about sums up everything today. Thank you very much, Ryan, for joining us. And also a big thank you to the listeners for your continued support. And lastly, a big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for the intro and outro music. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.